everybody. This is Ellen Weatherford. I'm here with just the zoo of us. This is your favorite animal review podcast. I'm so excited because today I'm talking to our friend, Alex Troutman. Say hi, Alex. Hey, how are y'all? So excited to see you and talk to you. You have like the most contagious, like happy energy <laughs> ever. <laughs> so very happy to talk to you today. And so today we're going to talk about sea turtles. Before we talk about sea turtles, let's talk about you. Tell us a little bit about the kind of work that you do and how you got into it. All right. Yeah. So I'm a wildlife biologist and I kind of got into it from an early age. I always love nature. I'm going fishing with my uncle and brothers and dad um, and seeing like red tail hawks soaring around and that really kind of was like my spark into nature was seeing that red tail like um, the sun highlighting it um, that kind of like got me into it and then um, from there it was uh, onward and upwards I not pay attention to our sports because I was looking for ant center ground <laughs> uh, then, I would get put in right field. I guess, yeah, that's right field. It, it was good for me because that's where all the ant hills were. So I, I would pay attention to the ant hills and then the ball would come come flying over. I have to hurry up and look up and run and go get it. Um, you had your yeah. priorities in order. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> it, it was passion before my before baseball. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I that's kind of where I got started with watching my on the red tail hawks fly over and then from there it turned into a, a passion taking forever to like do chores like cutting the grass and raking leaves was because I was too busy looking for things that were in the grass or under the leaves as I was raking them and then it transformed into now graduating college and to eventually working at the zoo Atlanta and the Georgia Aquarium to now I've uh, been a wildlife biologist and having worked with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and on the National Park Service where I actually got my first real experience uh, with sea turtles. So I worked with at Padre Island National Seashore in the Division of Sea Turtle Science and Recovery with net, mostly nesting Kemp's Ridley um, sea turtles, but we also worked with stranded or uh, a turtle that's injured or sick that may have washed up on the beach. So you said Kemp's Ridley sea turtles? Yes, Kemp's Ridley sea turtles. So they're uh, the smallest sea turtle. Um, and then they're also one of uh, the most endangered. They're critically endangered. And a cool fact about the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle, uh, they're one of the only ones that nest during the day where all the other sea turtles nest at night, but these guys nest during the day. And they're little? They're little sea turtles? They're little-ish. So okay. they're still about... <laughs> 80 to 100 pounds so they're they're a lot smaller than um some of the bigger sea turtles that are over 400 pounds or you have like the um, leatherback who's over 2,000 or so yeah give me like a frame of reference for the size of this sea turtle like bigger than a dinner plate right like uh, well yeah definitely bigger than a dinner plate in fact the juveniles well the juvenile green sea turtle juveniles are called dinner plate size because they are that size. So when we refer to the juvenile, it's usually a dinner plate size. But the Kim's Ridley um, and other sea turtles are a lot bigger. Uh, maybe like the size of a car tire, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, so that. <laughs> it is a good bit of heft to them then. Yeah. Yes. They're 80 pounds. They're like solid muscle almost. They're, they're very thick. They're, they're some thick girls and boys. <laughs> <laughs> Big chunky turtles. Yes. 
So we haven't talked about sea turtles on the show before, which now I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, how have we not talked about sea turtles? But what sets a sea turtle apart from other turtles? Like what makes a sea turtle a sea turtle? Well, they can go in the sea. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they have flippers. Um, so definitely flippers is one. They live at sea. Once they hatch, um, the males will never come back to um, the shore um, after they go out to sea. They don't come back unless they're sick or injured. They go out and live the rest of their life there. The females will come back and lay her eggs on the beach. And then this process start over, but definitely flippers, the ability to live in the ocean. Um, they're more streamlined um, in some ways than other um, turtles and tortoises. Um, so they are able to swim through the ocean. I think they're really cute too. Like, I think they have that little sort of, almost like a beaked face. Yes, yes, they are, they are very cute. It, like, in my opinion, I mean, they, people probably say I'm biased because I, I worked with them. Like, in my opinion, Kent's Ridley's are the cutest. Um, I, mean, I, just, I just like their, their, like you said, their beak. And then also their, like, their color is, like, greenish yellow. Um, so it's pretty cool. Like, so I would say, as an adult, the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle, in my opinion, is the cutest. Um, <laughs> but the younger ones, um, the younger sea turtle, like the hatchlings, Maybe greens are a little bit cuter because the kids really, they're like a grayish charcoal black. But the greens are um, black with some white white on them. Um, so they're a little bit more colorful. They're cute. I mean, all hatchlings are cute regardless. So I wouldn't necessarily say I have to pick which one is cute. I'll just say they're all cute. <laughs> um, if you ever get a chance to see any hatchlings, I definitely will change, change your life. They're, they're so cute and adorable. Oh, they're so good. What type of work did you do with the sea turtles? Like, what did your work look like with them? Yeah, so what I did was I pretty much drove on the beach. It's kind of weird situation down in Texas. So a lot of places don't really allow you to drive on the beach. But in Texas, the beach is actually in the Constitution. It's considered a roadway. So you can drive on the beach. Um, so a lot of people drive on the beach. Um, so our when our jobs was to actually um, go out and protect these tur- um, these turtles while they're nesting, make sure people aren't hitting them, um, trying to divert traffic. These turtles are critically endangered, so we're trying to make sure they have the best opportunity they have to survive and produce offspring for the next generation. Um, so we're there to make sure that they are, are nesting safely without being harassed, um, without being ran over. We're there. Um, so then we actually collect the egg clutches and move them to a safer environment, either in an incubation room um, where they can hatch or move them, depending on how far down the beach we are, to a different incubation area. But this one is more natural because we actually dig different holes or we make new nesting cavities for them. And we put a giant fence around, around it to prevent um, any predators from being able to get into the nest. Um, so we kind of make sure that those also have the best situation possibility to survive. So, yeah, so we're there. I drive up and down the beach for 10 or so hours a day, depending on if it's uh, if it's a nesting day. Um, it, it could be more, uh, a couple more hours. Um, uh, it just depends on the on the nesting and the weather. Uh, but, yeah, my job is to drive them up and down the beach, look for sea turtles uh, that are either coming out of the water to nest or um, ones that are stranded 
and they're just laying in the sand. And sometimes even people call in and we would go to respond onto these sea turtles that are um, people have called in that they're injured or like one of the sea turtles, I actually um, helped rescue a male cancer really sea turtle. Um, so someone called in, a fisherman had called in and it had probably like a 10 pound anchor around it, plus like a hundred or so yards of like netting and wire and rope around its flipper. Fisherman called in and cut all that rope off. And I went out and um, helped rescue it and bring it back to the rehab center. So eventually after it went to the rehab center, it was actually released and it got a tra uh, satellite tracker on it because um, male sea turtles, they are not supposed to come back to land once they leave and go to the ocean. Um, so we don't really know much about them. So we put a satellite tracker on there to be able to see like, where do they go? Where do they forage? Where are they living at in these years that we don't know about? We I know some stuff about females, but we don't know any part of anything about the male. So this was a good way to kind of get that data to see where where it's going, where it's foraging when it's not on the, on the beach, you know. Um, so that's one thing to do. Um, and then, like like I said, we're either looking for the sea turtle nest or we're looking for sea turtle tracks. And um, yes, sea turtles do make tracks. So when they crawl out the water, uh, we see their flipper movements and watching how they're crawling to be able to tell like. Uh, are they going to the nest? Like, did they actually make it to the nest or did they get scared and spook and turn back around? But we look for these nests while we're driving on the beach and these tracks. And we find those tracks. We look for, see if we can see the turtle. If we don't see the turtle, we go and look for the, the nest. Uh, usually there'll be inbound and outbound tracks. So inbound is when they're coming to drop their eggs and then outbound is when they drop them there, going back to the water. So if we find just in the inbound tracks was like, okay, so the turtle has to be somewhere. So we look for that turtle and uh, see where it's at. And hopefully we do find a turtle. And if we do find a turtle, uh, that's when we get to um, play scientists and go up and measure the turtle. So we're taking like measurements of it using uh, a soft, I guess, tape measure. And then also like using a metal, a metal caliper to get the um, measurements of the carapace shell of the, of the turtle to see how big it is. And then we also look for any tags. So they'll have uh, two to three tags. Two metal tags are usually on the flippers. And those metal tags let us know um, what turtle is. And then they also have an internal tag that's a pit tag that's electronic that you can scan. It has a, a long digit on there that... Uh, let's us know also who the turtle is and we record that so we know if the turtle has nested um at that beach before or if it's nested pretty much anywhere in texas or um that has or anywhere that has the number because we can kind of tell where, where it's nested at um so we look for those tags just to get the information about how, how many times it's nested if it doesn't have any tags we um put new tags on it so we can have a record of it then we take a biological sample of it um, of the back, one of the back flippers to get uh, any genetic information we can. Uh, maybe it was born, or maybe it's like the descendant of another turtle that we had at that on the island before. So there, there's a lot to go in. It like it seems like we're just driving up and down the beach, but we're actually like doing the driving for a purpose to find these turtles. And then one of the most important things is the eggs. So we put like a like a rope in the nest. Um, so after the sea turtle like drops the eggs and bury it, we can come back and find it and pick it up. And we're able to do that. So we have between like things like between four and six hours where the eggs are still like pliable. 
they're soft. Um, so they're like, they're about the size of ping pong balls, but they're soft where the um, yolk or in, in the embryo is not really attached to the wall yet. And they're still soft. And so you can move them, but once they start to get hard and, and form, they're more fragile and you can't move them in that sense. So we have between like four, four or six hours to get those eggs to the incubation chamber and move them. After that, um, you don't really want to move them because they're fragile and you don't want to mess up these these turtles because they are cruelly endangered. Um, but yeah, so finding the eggs is the most important part. So we like, it's called a stringer, but it's like a rope in, in the nest. So we were able to find those eggs. Watching the sea turtle like dance um, is when they pat down the nest. It's pretty much, it's kind of like a dance with like moving <laughs> circles and patting it down. That sounds really cute watching them like pip, 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 like, <laughs> like pat yeah. down the sand. That sounds adorable. Yeah, it is. It is it's <laughs> an awesome thing. Do you get to see the babies go back into the water when they hatch? Yes, I, I do. Yes. So we uh, release them. Um, a lot of times we release them at night, but we also release them during the day. Um, we have, well, pre-COVID, there was public releases where we would uh, release the hatchlings um, to um, go back into or go into the ocean for the first time. So people could come down and, and see that. And that was beautiful too. It's cool just see like see them like trying to go over the ways. And oh, it's kind of like a a mini like life lesson uh, in perseverance because some of them don't make it past the first wave the first time so they'll get pushed back and then they come back and see their the flippers like going and then finally they get over that wave like yeah woo, go <laughs> so it's definitely like a life of like perseverance like the wave may knock you back but like that's not that's not in like like keep going or disney and dory said just keep swimming but for the turtles <laughs> keep flapping i guess <laughs> there's so many but, life yeah. lessons you can get from baby sea turtles right exactly yeah like they literally have to start following crawl their way out of the ground so yeah there's so many lessons (laughs) well since we kind of have a good idea of like what how sea turtles begin their life which honestly like the cards are kind of stacked against them when they first start out right it sounds like they start off in a pretty rough spot let's review sea turtles a little bit Um, If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we rate animals out of 10 in the first category we rate them on is effectiveness, which is physical adaptations to their bodies that let them overcome barriers in their way or let them survive or let them eat their food, things like that. What would you give the sea turtle, uh, the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle? Out of ten for effectiveness. Oh man, this um, I would probably say I would probably say like a seven. That's a passing I mean, score. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's. <laughs> I mean, they they use their flipper flippers well, but I I would think like I maybe I'll give them eight because their shell too, their shell is pretty strong. So they they use their flippers pretty well to dig out of the sand, then get get to the ocean. I don't know, but. If they had hands, maybe maybe they can, maybe they would be better. But no, I just fled. Yeah, I definitely give them a seven and a half to eight for being able to like they don't have hands, but they're still able to crawl out of the sand and then make it to the ocean and then get past the waves. What do sea turtles eat? It depends. Like some of them eat, eat jellyfish, some of them eat crustaceans and, and crabs and, and things like that, and other eat like grass. So it, it depends on what sea turtle species it is. But most of them eat any other type of marine organ, organism. So like crabs, jellies, sponges, and coral. So sometimes that beak that they have comes in handy to like break up things and get it. 
Oh yeah. Cause like coral is, is real hard. It's almost like a rock. Right. So they'd have to kind of get some, yeah. some force behind it to chip that off. Right. Right. Yes, definitely. And was- I'd imagine anything that like wanted to eat them would probably have a pretty tough time getting at them because of that shell. Right. Like they they kind of got like a tank built into them. It's like, they're like swimming around with a bulletproof vest. Yes. Yeah. So they, they do have a shell. And the cool thing about that shell is their spines are actually fused to their shell. So it's not just like floating suspense, kind of like um, our shells is like in the middle of our body. Their spine is attached to their shell. Yeah. It's not like in cartoons where like the turtle comes out of the shell. Like that's nothing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The turtle does not come out of shore. It doesn't like suck its body always in, inside. And actually sea turtles, like they, they can't even suck their bodies in part ways inside. Like with a box turtle, like you see, they have, they can suck their, at least their heads in and they have like a little flap that like clothes and protects like sea turtles don't have that. So they're just, they're just out there. <laughs> Exposed for the whole world to see. Right. Yes. So when you think of them like on land and they're kind of flopping forward with their flippers, this is clearly not the environment they're like made for. Right. So like when they're in the water, right. they're in their a game, they're in their element, like they're ready to go. Are they very like fast in the water? They are somewhat fast, definitely not as fast as like like fish, but they are they are pretty fast, like especially um the adults. When they're hatchlings, they are, when they're first going to the water, I feel like maybe it's like they're kind of getting used to not really getting used to the flippers, but they're like just finding out about the water. So they're like flipping and of course they're not as strong as their current. Um so in that when that makes them look kind of slow, like because the water the waves are just pushing them back. But I think feel like if it was the perfect conditions, they they I would call them fast. But with the current and the way it's just pushing them back, it it takes a little effort for them to get get over uh, get over that hump. Oh, did they look awkward when they're just like hitting the water for the first time? Does it look kind of <laughs> like clumsy and like they got to get through the awkward phase? I wouldn't necessarily say it's clumsy, um, but I would I would just say the, you can tell that the waves are kind of battering them down, like. I don't know. They look better than me when I'm I'm in the water. So, yeah. <laughs> like, me too. They, they at least have coordination when they're when they're trying to get over. But me, I don't know. It's like I'm half like half dog trying to <laughs> dog pedal, then also trying to like swim like the frog and kick. Like I I move, but I not very much. <laughs> like it's like the bare minimum <laughs> right yeah yes. like let, let me try to do like a breaststroke or a backstroke like that like I'm going places but it's definitely not the prettiest like watching like the Olympics and watching all these swimmers like like zooming through the water and then like they're swimming and there's barely like a splash like for me I don't know it's like water is going everywhere but these the sea turtles they're, they're not like that they're going through and then the waves just happen to be there at batter batters them back but they keep going um they they don't give up i mean they don't really have options of giving up so they just keep going keep trying they're the um, poster animal child for perseverance i appreciate their dedication Right. Yes. That's what it is. Dedication. <laughs> so 
in line with their dedication, let's talk about their behavior a little bit. So for us, this this category that we rate animals on is ingenuity. This is behavioral adaptations that animals have that let them stick with it. You know, like they're stick. Who is it that says stick to itiveness? I feel like this is a thing that I've heard in my life. Stick to itiveness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, their their dedication, but also maybe like ways that they protect themselves or hunt their prey or things like that. Things that they're doing. What would you give the Kemp's Ridley C? turtle out of 10 for ingenuity um good question because from my my perspective like i know them mostly from the land which is probably not honestly they're like good side right Right. yeah they're (laughs) definitely yeah they're they're surprisingly though they are somewhat fast on land like sometimes like i don't know i feel like they give like bursts of energy to like get to their their nest then they like take a break then they'll go but they're somewhat fast. They're not like jackrabbit fast, but yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'll give them, I'll give them a six. It's from my perspective. Um, but then again, they're, you know what? I'll give them an eight, eight and a half. Cause their colors that green and yellowish helps them to blend in some with the um, dunes of, of the beach. So, I mean, many times you, you can miss, miss the turtle if not paying attention because they're blending in. And sometimes like, it's funny, like you'll drive by and then you'll just see like sand spray in the air. You're like, what is that? And you look over and it's, it is, it's a turtle like digging its nest. So many times without that sand like spraying in the air, um, it's hard to see them. Um, but actually, you no, know I'm gonna give them a nine because a lot of times these these turtles, they actually come out to beach or come out to nest on like windier days. Um, so it makes it harder for us to find their tracks. So maybe there's something um, that's telling them that this is the best day. And since it's hard for us to find the tracks when it's windy, and then that they blend in with the yellowish sand, but also like the green foliage that's on the dune, that it's, there, it's the perfect storm for them. So I'll, I'll give them a nine. That is really clever of them. Like they're like using the weather to their advantage. That is really cool. I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. So this is an animal that's like super adapted for living totally in the sea. Why is it that they come onto land to lay their eggs? Like, what is the purpose of that? Well, they they are um, reptiles and they do have to breathe air and they they have lungs. So I guess that's the reason. (laughs) (laughs) They got to come back. I mean, you can't lay your eggs in, in the water and have them hatch there because you need that air. So I, I would imagine that like to lay eggs in water, if you need to breathe air, the only solution would be to like have your eggs float. Right. But yeah. then, you know, then someone's going to eat them. <laughs> and then I guess with this, like with other animals that live in the water, they have paternal care. Um, So sea turtles, like they don't have paternal care. Once they lay the eggs, the mom is gone, um, so the hatchlings have to make it to the water on their own. So I guess with the sea turtles, if they were to lay, um, lay the eggs, they would have to um, have that paternal care to be able to help them get to the top of the water to breathe. Um, like with whales, like they'll help push the calf up to get first breath. Um, so with sea turtles, they would have to do all that. And think about you're having 100 babies at a, at a time, so are you going to be able to wrangle all of them up, push them up in, in the air and keep doing that until they learn 
All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess um, with them being reptiles and having to lay the eggs, um, lay the eggs on, on the ground for them to breathe. That's one of the reasons. And also like the sea turtles and other, some other reptiles, they're temperature dependent. So um, how hot or cold the sand is, uh, it will determine if it's uh, the hatching will be a male or a female. Um, so I guess it, it can't really uh, differentiate that in the ocean. So that's another um, advantage or reason for it to lay their eggs and hatching on the land. But that makes that, sense. I yeah. I like the idea that like when weighing the options between like having to push up every single little baby up to the air to breathe, it's like, no, 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 we'll lay you on land and y'all figure it out. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that too. It, I mean, it's hard wrangling like little like five and six year olds, like just <laughs> three of them is hard work. Like, no, you can't go here. Like, come on, Billy, like hold, hold Sally's hand. And it's like, no, I don't want to. And you're like, come on. <laughs> Or are you trying? Are you trying to wrangle them to tell tell them about the, the lions? They're like, no, I want to go see the elephants. So yeah, I can I can imagine that. Yeah. I'm already like trying to wrangle. I got a six year old and a four month old, and like I'm already at my limits here. So I I totally understand the sea turtles decision to just lay their eggs and be like you know what you guys you guys have this right like y'all right. got this under control i'm gonna go back to the ocean <laughs> right. i like that for them though that i i do think that like that attitude of persistence of just being like i'm gonna get to the ocean i'm gonna get past these waves like how many of the baby sea turtles in your experience like make it to the ocean all the ones I see make it to the, make it to the ocean, or at least all the ones that hatch, mm-hmm. um, usually make it to the ocean. But either one in one hundred or one in one thousands do not actually make it to adulthood and reproductive ness, um, and that's due to a lot of factors like just the normal things that's in the ocean that eats them, and also human cause problems like illegal fishing, um, the next there, um, boat strikes people being mean, mean in general, um, and even sometimes even the harvesting of the eggs or anything like that. So it's just a, it's a lot that goes into them making it to adulthood. And while like, depending on the circumstances, um, like one in 1000 or one in 100, make it make actually make it to adulthood. In normal area, areas like sea turtle um, hatching eggs are really phased by like predators. Like at our beach um, that we work, we um, were kind of like intervening, I guess, or protecting them from being predated um, by by these predators. At least most of the nests that we find, we try to get them out. But other places they have, like you have um, predators like coyotes, raccoons that are coming coming to get the nests. And humans, we try to put up like barricades to prevent these predators, but um, that doesn't. That's not always the case. So in other um, parts of the country and the world, like so a lot of hatchlings don't actually make it. I'm not gonna say a lot, but hatchlings don't actually make it, uh, even with the best human efforts, um, just because they're like a lot of them don't do or not doing the same um, methods that we are to pres- um, conserve or protect these species. So it really just depends on where you are, how many hatchlings or how many um, of the eggs actually make it to be able to hatch and then those that make it to the ocean. Because even with us, like we, when we're releasing them, like um, we were releasing them at night or we release them during, uh, at the day we have 
um, giant nets and like predator flags, which are basically just flags over um, flags with eyes on it to mimic like a predator eye um, that try to keep the birds away. And many other many other places don't don't have that. So these sea turtles are are hatching on on their own or facing that facing the birds facing or any raccoons or anything that are in the nest. Um, so that's another good reason why it's why if you're on the beach, uh, especially your beach, don't have like um, the protection program that Padre Island has. Um, good reason why you shouldn't feed like feed the wildlife, feed the birds because birds know that humans means food. So if you're feeding the birds and then, like just happens like okay you, you leave that the birds are still around and ha- the nests start to hatch. Oh look, they're right there at the nesting site, the hatchling. So they can easily just pick them off. Um, so just just don't feed the wildlife, don't feed the birds, um, clean up after yourselves to not draw these birds or any other animals to the nest where they can easily find it. Yeah, definitely. Especially like I live in Florida where, you know, people like to come to come to the beach. And yeah. unfortunately, that means then the beaches often get totally trashed, which causes a whole host of wildlife issues. So just be kind to the beaches. Right. Yes, definitely. Be, be kind to the beach. I, don't, I just if you're kind to the beach, uh, like being kind to the beach means being kind to like your neighbors and wildlife, like pick up after yourself. Or like maybe sometimes it's not your trash bag. Go ahead and pick it up because like you don't want to see it. And but also it could um, hinder your wildlife or cause wildlife to come, especially if it's food related. So just go ahead and clean it up. Like I mean, you're, you're gonna leave anyway. So like you're probably most likely gonna have trash with yourself. So go ahead and take that the next person trash if they left it and throw it away. I, don't know, I just I feel like in a in America we have like a we have blind eye or like it doesn't happen here because most of our beaches are, are clean. Um, but people don't realize like the manpower that uh, it takes to keep the beaches clean. Like it may not be like actual workers doing it. It might be like people volunteer, but that's still manpower that clean that are called cleaning the beach. Like when I was at Padre Island, there's um, there's a couple of individuals that every morning they would come and pretty much clean the beach. They would just walk for exercise, but they would still, um, like cleaning the beach, um, as I was going picking up stuff, and many people don't don't realize that because they're not out there at six o'clock in the morning, um, walking and picking up trash, and they just come at eight nine o'clock when it's already picked up and they can enjoy the beach. Um, but that's one of the big things. Like you don't see a trash bar even if it's like remotely. Like I think Padre Island is, I don't know, like I think sixty miles or so. Uh, most people only go between like the first five to 10 miles because they um, they don't have four wheel drive. Um, so they don't see what's behind them, those markers. And so a lot of people don't get back there. So there's a lot of trash that um, is right there. And it's not necessarily from people just leave dumping their trash, which sometimes that do happen, but other times it's from like storms, like Corpus Christi and Padre Island is like in the middle of like you got the Mississippi that's coming out. Then you also have like the regular, the ocean, then you have currents that uh, like the Gulf of Mexico currents and have the currents that are also come from Mexico and currents come from Florida and then the Mississippi. Um, it's farther down, but it still eventually comes and pushes everything towards um, Padre Island. So you got just trash from everywhere coming, especially out of, after like hurricanes and storms when the rivers um, inland flood, they push it out to the ocean. Um, so you have all that trash piling up. And of course, like if people can't get back there to clean it up, it's just going to be back there. 
I always thought like America beaches was, was like clean until like I actually experienced that. Like this is America that we have all, all this trash here. And it's, this happens here too. And then even like in the, if you in the sand, if you pick up some of the sand, you will see like small plastics and what are called like nurdles or something. The, the little teas that are in bean bags or they use, they melt them to make other plastic bottles. Like those container ships flipped over uh, every now and then. And now you have like these plastic little bees that are in the sand. I mean, and you find them. There's actually like studies going on about um, these nurdles that you can look up and, and see like where they came from originally. And, and they're everywhere. Like you might not see them in the sand, but pick up the sand you might find some. So there's a, there's a lot going on that we don't really in America like think about, but it's happening right here at our back door. It's not, we, I just feel like America, we can no longer be blind to it's happening right here. And even if it wasn't happening right here, it would still be in our best interest to help those countries out because it could happen here eventually. I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. It's like, it's like that out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. Well, hopefully, you know, anybody who's listening would have maybe come into the conversation with an appreciation or an admiration for sea turtles. And then with sea turtles having that sort of like charismatic factor, right? Of like, oh, they're so cute. Look, aren't they precious? Don't you love them? And then, well, they're suffering because of all of the pollution on the beach. So, you right, know, it's exactly kind of that like bringing people into like this is why we need to care about the beach because the things that you love rely on the cleanliness of the beach (laughs) yes that's so true so since we are talking about how much we love sea turtles and they're quite cute and charismatic what do you give sea turtles for aesthetics out of 10 a 10 10 of course like Like, no question right they're they're so cute (laughs) Uh, like I was, I was trying to like pick between the hatchings which are the cutest, but all hatchings are cutest. Um, all sea, all sea turtles are cute, and um, some of them are cute in their own way. Like leatherbacks, they're they're still cute. They're a little different, but they're they're cute. But <laughs> I, I, I like it. I like them. I like I like leatherbacks. They're I don't know. They're leatherbacks for me. They're cute. Some people think they're they're I don't know. They're different because of the way they look, but I think they're cute because. I feel like they have like a galaxy like kind of thing. Like they're black and their their backs are like, I don't know. They're so like mysterious. I don't know. There's so much about them. That's just like extreme cuteness in a, in like, um, looks alien, a rustic way kind of like rustically cute. I don't know. They look like they're black with the spots on them. It's like a galaxy kind of, it's like, so I don't know. I, I like leather bags. So I haven't seen any in a while yet, but that, that's definitely my my one of my goals um, is to see a, a leather bag. But I don't, know, I, I don't care. I, I give sea turtles ten out of ten for cuteness. <laughs> They're so good, and I feel like they have kind of like almost a calm and like a wise expression. You know what I mean? Like they look right, like yes. they're just like wise. <laughs> Yeah, like one of my favorite, like a favorite um, sea turtles is, is fake. Like it's on um, the Finding Nemo. I think it's, I think his name is Crush or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's how they are. It's like like chill, like like go with the flow, like not to worry about a thing. You know, that's kind of like I feel like how sea turtles are. Like what's meant to be will uh, will be. Like don't panic and don't get worried or anxious about it. Like just go with it and be chill. That that's I don't know, that's why I feel like sea turtles. Sea turtles are 
<laughs> is that consistent with the personality that you feel like you got from like working with them? Uh, I I think so. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I don't know. Like some of them were, were very, some of them were very chill and others, like some of them were like, are actually quite feisty. Some of the nesters like, like nesting or even like some of the stranded ones that were like injured, like, like they're injured and they're not like really moving. And then you pick them up and they just get like another burst of energy. Like, like chill, I'm trying to help you. And they're like flapping. <laughs> Like flapping your wings and um like hitting not flapping their wings, flapping their flippers. Their <laughs> flippers are they hurt too because like bone and stuff is like you get welts and like it's like okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So like yeah, so most of them are definitely chill, but I feel like they're reserved that when need to be that um they, they can switch it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense because like you're a creature that is much, much bigger than them and they don't know your intentions, right? So they're like, right. I'm just going to try it. <laughs> I'm going right, to go down exactly. swinging. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, it's that perseverance exactly shining it through again. Yeah, yeah, it's perseverance. That's that's all they're about. I, I, I love them. They're, they're awesome. Like there's, there's so much we can learn about about the sea turtles like i don't know like for me as an individual like a black individual like sea turtles like definitely like persevere and like for me i like kind of pit to my life like they come overcome struggles on in the same way that i have to like they start at the bottom to work their way up and even then as an adult like they're still not out, out of trouble they still have they still have predators and other things that can um get to them so they're, they're still like still fighting but they're still going through life thriving um and, and persevering to continue going on then like um eventually they still they risk their life to go back um the females to go back to land and let that lay down the next generation um so yeah i i, I love i love everything about them so they're definitely like they're definitely my like i don't know my poster my poster animal yeah. <laughs> it's a very it's an animal that is full of admirable <laughs> traits right like you can just like if you can see a lot of yourself in that animal I think that's a really good thing because there are so many things in the sea turtle to aspire to there is there is so, so much there's so many qualities and characteristics of sea turtles that we as humans can learn from and uh, appreciate and like the big one is definitely the uh we keep saying it perseverance i feel like a, we we need that a lot especially in these like tiring times to persevere and, and keep on oh i love it what an uplifting message for <laughs> for this episode before we get wrapped up i wanted to give you a chance to let people know like what kind of like projects you're working on right now um where they can find you and keep tabs on what you're up to all sorts of things like that like things that you want people to know before we wrap up um, um, yeah, so I guess my work now is uh, I'm a graduate student at Georgia Southern, and my um, project will be assessing the diets of seaside sparrow nestlings um, in tidal marshes. So um, basically, I'll be looking at this um, bird that's uh, endemic to the tidal marsh, or um, endemic means like they don't move there in the area. Um, you can't find them anywhere anywhere else. So they're endemic to the tidal marshes along the south um, eastern um, area of the United States. Uh, so I'll be looking to see what uh, the parents are feeding the babies um, as we face these uh, like sea level rise, like how are how will their insects and their diet like um, be changed or uh, influenced or affected by um, sea level rise and maybe the population of the 
um, seaside sparrow as the sea level rise, there could be a loss in the insect population diversity, which could in turn lead to um, the decrease in the seaside sparrow population. So that's that's my project. I'll be using a giant, not really a giant net, but a net to look for insects that are around their nest and then also pit video cameras at their nest to see what they're bringing back and then compare what I caught in my net to what they're bringing back to kind of see how they're taking what's available. Um, so that's my project. And then um, in the meantime, I'm also a Sylvania Center Fellows. Um, so I will be engaging um, in community science uh, in order to get individuals into the science field and show them what science and nature is about. Um, so I'll be using my fellow fellowship to do that. Um, and you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at nature underscore Al, and that's in the number eight T U R E underscore A L on, on Twitter and Instagram. I talk a lot about science and the animals, but also food. Um, I'm a part of the pineapple belongs on pizza group. So <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. I I'm, I'm camp pro pineapple on pizza. Yes. It's yeah, the best. If, if you don't like it, you need to reconsider that thought. <laughs> you need to just let people enjoy things and it's okay. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'll say that. If you don't like it, don't knock it, but let us enjoy it. We won't knock you for not liking pineapples so, on pizza. So forgive me for saying you should join it, but you have your opinion. We have ours. So let us enjoy the goodness of pineapple on pizza. You need a pizza community truce yes <laughs> <laughs> and i will say that I, i've followed you on twitter for for some time now and you have some of the most like wholesome i don't know the vibes <laughs> are just so like happy and good all the time so uh definitely a good follow on whatever social media platform you use <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's all we had for today. So I will let you run on along. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, of course. Have a great day. Uh, it, it was fun. I had fun too. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 <laughs>